I love Jared Allen. Fear the frog. Pow! With the right hand. That's our boy Bob Schmidt. <laughs> Jared Allen with authority. This is the Fear the Fro podcast, a Cleveland Cavaliers and NBA podcast with Bob Schmidt. Nobody's going to subscribe. Well, 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 look what we have here. Welcome in an emergency edition of the Fear the Fro podcast, just one day removed from episode number four, which was yesterday. We have episode five. The Larry Nance Jr. has been traded episode. I know, it's devastating. I'm Bob Schmidt, voice of Fox Sports Radio, lifelong Cavalier fan, and you can follow the podcast at Fear the Fro Pod. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, it's there. Please like and subscribe as well. But back to the business at hand. The Cleveland Cavaliers have acquired Chicago Bulls power forward Lowry Markkinen in a sign-and-trade deal that sends Larry Nance Jr. and a second-round pick to the Portland Trailblazers. Portland, in turn, sends Derrick Jones Jr. and a protected first-round pick to the Chicago Bulls. Just yesterday, we were discussing what to do with Larry Nance Jr., and the rumored deal at that point was various iterations that focused around Dylan Brooks. There was a version where Larry Nance Jr. and a first-round pick from the Cavaliers went to Memphis in exchange for Dylan Brooks and Steven Adams, which never made sense to me because, one, I've made my stance clear. You don't trade lottery picks, potential lottery picks. If it's some extremely heavily protected first-round pick that converts into seconds, well, that's another story. But why would you take back Steven Adams, a guy making $17 million a season, to play backup to a center who you just signed to a $100 million contract. It's not as if Steven Adams could play power forward alongside Allen. That would not happen. That would be almost as bad of an idea as David Griffin had in bringing in him to play alongside Zion. But today, we're looking at a whole new reality. Gone are the suggestions of sending out a first-round pick along with Larry Nash Jr. to land some marquee-type talent or a non-marquee-type talent like Dylan Brooks. But finally, we can put those to bed because those were worrisome to begin with. Today, the Cavaliers did, in fact, decide to move Larry Nance Jr. But in ending his tenure with the Cleveland Cavaliers, they addressed what we've spoke about at length in the Cavalier community, the need to bring in somebody who stretches the floor. The thinking here has to be, there isn't somebody who compliments Allen better Then Lowry Markkinen, if you look at what their individual strengths are, you want somebody who can space the floor? Well, you brought in a 24-year-old who shoots over six attempts per game from three-point land. And he does that even while coming off the bench, basically. Over the course of his career, six three-point attempts per game. This is a guy who is going to get looks from three, and he's going to take them. And last year, his best season, by far, on a percentage basis, made 40% of his three-point shots, made 48% from the floor, which was also a big increase. His career numbers, they won't blow you away, 37% from three-point land, and his effective field goal percentage over the course of his career has been 53%, but last year, almost 60%. So when he saw a reduced role with the Bulls, was only playing 26 minutes a night versus nearly 30 for the first three years of his career, but of course, Patrick Williams came in and Thad Young was logging big minutes, so Markkinen became a bit of an afterthought there. But for us, 
he addresses one of our biggest issues, which is floor spacing. So the Cavaliers decided to pull the trigger. They ended Larry Nance Jr.'s tenure with the Cavs to give Saxton room to operate, to give Garland room to operate, and, well, I say a Coro, but, you know, we'll see what he does from an offensive standpoint. To the contract itself, four years, $67 million is a generous contract for a guy who was a restricted free agent, but it's not out of line. Looking around the league this season, there were six guys, roughly six or seven guys, whose contracts fall in that range between $17 million and $20 million. Most of them are wing options. You had Tim Hardaway Jr., you had Fournier, Norm Powell, Duncan Robinson, Spencer Dinwiddie, Gary Trent Jr., all sort of those shooting guards or small forwards, with, of course, the exception being Dinwiddie. So that contract is roughly the same from a structure standpoint as those. Four years, floating around $70 million, or in the case of the five-year guys, they got about $90 million. Now, the power forward market this, this summer was weak, so there's really not a lot of comparables there because you had John Collins, who got $25 million a season, and then the next biggest deal was Kelly Olynyk, who got three for 37. You could argue he has a more similar game to Lowry Markinen, but of course, older, and you know he's bounced around teams. The Cavs clearly wanted Markinen because his age aligns with the core and his skills are very complementary to Allen. He's not going to impress you that much on the defensive end, but I guess the hope there is that with Mobley in place and with Allen in place, you can afford to bring a guy into that rotation of bigs that is primarily offensive-centric. Now, I don't know that I would love this move if I'm Dean Wade or Kevin Love because there's a lot of duplicate skills in theory, but Kevin Love knows he's riding out his time. He probably would welcome a buyout, and if he doesn't do that, well, then he's going to play the role that the Cavs have for him. At this point, it's a sunk cost. You got to go with the guy with the higher upside. So anyway, that's sort of the, the logic behind the Cavs. We'll touch on this more. From a Portland perspective, I like it. They're giving up a protected first, but they got to do everything they can to keep Lillard happy. I didn't love the Derek Jones Jr. signing anyway. Paying him $10 million a season for the modest contributions he makes, I wasn't a huge fan of it. And in losing Mello to the Lakers and Hood being gone, they needed somebody who could add some size and complement Nurkic and complement Rocco and some of their other guys. So I'm happy for Larry because at least it puts him in a position where he's going to be on a very competitive team who's doing all they can to win. And clearly that's not where the Cavs are right now. So while I love Larry, it makes sense for both parties. For the Bulls, whatever they got was gravy. They didn't want to retain Markinen, not at the cost he was going to have on the books, especially with Williams in place and adding all the people that they did this offseason. That would have been a very pricey contract for a guy who came off the bench for them last year. So, in freeing up that money and sending him off to Cleveland, they got back a protected first-round pick. That's not bad. Recovering any asset is a win. So, in that regard, I like the deal. For Cleveland, I feel like it validates a lot of how I felt yesterday on the podcast. I hated seeing suggestions that Larry Nance was a throw-in along with a first-round pick, as if he didn't have a lot of value in and of itself. So today, to go from seeing deals suggested that were Larry Nance Jr. and a first-round pick 
for Dylan Brooks and eating Steven Adams' contract to play behind Jared Allen, which never made any sense, to see that pivot, and now you see him go out with a second-round pick where Larry was the focal point, that's a much more reasonable way that it should have gone down anyway. So time will tell if this works out, but I don't hate it. At first glance, Lowry Markkinen does all the stuff that you would want him to do. Now we'll see if there's other stuff that's set to happen, but so close is the saga of what we were going to do with Larry Nance Jr. I'll be back with more, but I just wanted to get some initial reactions out there. Thank you for joining me on the Fear the Fro podcast. Follow us at Fear the Fro pod. Listen, subscribe, rate the podcast, please, if you enjoy it. I'm Bob Schmidt, and this is the Fear the Fro podcast. Okay, that's enough. Stop it! This has been another Fear the Fro. It's over. Podcast. That was pathetic. If you enjoyed what you heard today, put it on the highlight reel. Please consider subscribing. Check out FroPod.com for more Cavaliers and NBA coverage. That's what's on display here.